Hello, beautiful humans. Thank you so much for coming back to another episode of Role Models. And I am thrilled to introduce you to a special guest today. Her name is Danny Cantre, otherwise known as Alopecha on Instagram. <laughs> hello, hello, Danny. It's so great to have you. Now, I have been so enamored by Danny's story because she has been such an admirable advocate for the diagnosis of alopecia. And so I would love for Danny to be able to tell her story on when she was diagnosed and how it was like growing up and what she's doing now. So Danny, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Okay, hi everyone. So I have alopecia areata. Alopecia means hair loss, but the areata part is what makes it autoimmune. So what it is, is I have an autoimmune disease that causes my hair to fall out and I've had it since I was two years old. And growing up with it was incredibly difficult because I didn't understand it. I didn't know anyone who had it. And, you know, being so young, it, it's crazy having your hair fall. I had a, a, had a full head of hair and then soon after it just fell out. And then I started wearing wigs. So I wore wigs for over a decade and I really struggled with my alopecia, just did not want to share it with people. I hid, I hid it from the world. Anytime it was brought up, I got very emotional in 2013, I went to an alopecia conference. My mom forced me to go. I was so against it at the time. I was only like 14 years old that she forced me to go to this alopecia conference hosted by NAF, which stands for National Alopecia Areata Foundation. And it was an incredible experience because imagine a hotel filled with alopecians, a bunch of bald people. I felt like at home, I ended up meeting one of my closest friends to this day at that event. And she was actually the one who encouraged me to go out that day, like at the conference without my wig. We did like a, a, a walk and advocacy walk with like the whole group for the conference. And so she was like, oh, like, I'm not going to wear my wig. And so I just decided, OK, I'm not going to wear mine either. And that's what started all that moment, because that year um, before sophomore year started, I took my yearbook photo without my wig. Wow. <laughs> it was that was just I remember just feeling so scared, but I was really proud that I did that. And that's what really kickstarted it. Yeah. And soon after for senior year, at this point, I was already involved with NAF. Like we were hosting Dodger game events, you know, like just like group stuff so I could hang out with other alopecians and on Instagram, of course. But senior year, I got my makeup done by a very popular, like IG famous makeup artist for prom. And the video that she took was for alopecia advocacy. And that video blew up. It went viral. And that's when I had a platform. I suddenly gained like 10,000 followers in a couple of days. Wow. Yeah, it was just insane. And I was like 17 years old. <laughs> I like was not expecting it to like blow up like that. But that's what kind of started my platform. And I realized I can do something with this. I can be the change I want to see. And that's what happened. <laughs> I love that story so much because it shows when a little bit of courage, it's just that moment of boldness. Here you were getting ready to celebrate your prom, you have your makeup done, and that is the catalyst. And it's because people see you and celebrate you being you and not being afraid and hiding behind a wig, as you were saying before, yeah. really you just being your authentic self and look how explosive that is. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, during that time, I was still wearing a wig, mind you, but I was just slowly during this point, like in high school, I was just slowly getting used to talking about alopecia and seeing like what I could do with it. And a few years after that, in 2018, like a couple years after that, I saw a casting, an open casting for this swimsuit company. And they're looking for models. And at this point, besides 
like learning to accept my alopecia, I was learning to accept my body, you know, it was like weight fluctuations and that type of stuff. So my goal that year, my new year's resolution was to accept my body the way it was, you know, and take care of myself. That was my goal. So when I saw this casting early in the year, I wanted to do it, even though I had no modeling experience, I wanted to go. So my mom drove me and there was a lot of girls there and I saw them. They, you could tell that they were like established models. So I didn't really think I had a chance. I'm like, wow, but this was a cool experience. Like it was nice being around all these like fun girls with like bathing suits, got to talk to the designer. And I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, this was fun, but I probably won't get it because they were only picking like nine girls. But then I got an email saying that I got it <laughs> and that they wanted me to be part of the, the shoot. <laughs> so that was my first modeling experience that I had done. And soon after it just, it kind of just was a domino effect. I started doing a couple more modeling jobs and then I got signed with natural models. Amazing. Well, I want to go back because both times you had mentioned your mom and either she kind of nudged you to go to the conference and she was supportive of you going to this casting. I mean, it sounds like she has really been sort of the wind beneath your wings in a lot of this. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, she forced me to go to the conference. I did not want to go. I remember like being a brat, like a teenage brat about it. Like, I don't want to go. <laughs> like they had like a kid's club there and I'm like, I don't want to go to the kid's club. I just want to stay with you, mom. <laughs> and, like, and, but she forced me to go. I remember being really upset about it, but I'm happy that she did that. And with the casting, it was really funny because we, we were both there at the casting and she saw the other models there and she's like, you're probably not going to get this. Like she was just being like honest, like because there was a lot of girls. I there was oh my god, I feel like there was like close to like 300 or 400 people at that casting. So you know what I mean? She was just trying to like, I guess, be realistic with me. (laughs) But overall, she's always been like supportive. She she wants me to do well and succeed and yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So you said that like from an early age, you were wearing wigs. Like when did you start actually wearing wigs? Oh my God. I started wearing wigs in kindergarten. Really? Yeah. I was recently going through my mom's photos that she has and she has like this huge bucket just with stacks of photos. Mm-hmm. And I found my photo from first day of kindergarten and I had my hair, like natural hair, curly black hair, really thick, like half up, half down. It, it looked super cute. But then I found the picture of my last day of kindergarten and I was wearing a little, little Bob wig. Interesting. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's when I started wearing the wig and then I stopped wearing wigs in 2018, August 27th. That's my baldiversary. Uh, <laughs> now, did you gravitate towards a certain style of wigs while you had them? Yes. I love the bangs, the just like super thick bangs. That, like, yeah. Yeah, I always wear wigs. But the thing is that, like, I love wigs. Don't get me wrong. I think they're beautiful. And it's a fun way to accessorize and change your look. But it got to the point where I was dependent on them. Like, I felt like I needed this wig. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't like that. I realized I was using it as like a band aid. Mm -hmm. But I had become too dependent on it. And honestly, since I stopped wearing my wig, I've never felt more free and there's no going back. Like I'll wear a wig maybe for a few hours, but I'm, at the end of the day, I'm just going to snatch it off. Like I don't, I don't want to wear wigs anymore. And I love that you mentioned that because I think that's an important thing for our listeners and our viewers, because 
it's a very individual thing. They can bring so much joy and pleasure and it's almost like fashion. You can change your look and it can yeah. be exciting. But when you realize that you're utilizing something and it could be anything, it could be makeup, it could be, it could be a wig, it could be, you know, brand names, whatever it is. If you're using it as something that is to conceal or to hide your true self, if there's an insecurity about you know, what you're feeling without it, then it's interesting that you got to the place where you recognize that. And it was probably at that conference where you realized, okay, there is this reliance and this dependency. I felt either ashamed or embarrassed without it, but Mm -hmm. now it's liberating. It's something where I don't need it. I can use it if I want to, but you know, I'm not dependent upon it anymore. It's not something that I'm using in order to pretend that you know, I'm something else or that I, you know, that I'm trying to, to relay something else than, you know, mm-hmm. other than and confidence and, and love for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I had wore the wig years after that conference because that conference was in th- 2013. And I still, I, I was okay with talking about alopecia, but I was still weird about it. You know, like I still wanted to wear my wigs, but I mean, I'm here, like it took a while, but I, that's what I tell people. There's people who who asked me like, how did you stop wearing your wig? I want to, I get messages on Instagram. And honestly, I think it's just about being patient with yourself. You can't rush it. So many people would tell me, go wig free. No one cares, but it's not about that. You know, like it's, everyone has their own journey with alopecia and it happens to anyone. It can happen to anyone at any age. And, you know, you can't just rush that type of stuff. Like I wore wigs for over a decade before I stopped wearing them. Wow. That's incredible. This reminds me of when I was younger, you know, in my teens or twenties, I did some little modeling, but it was always, you know, small, little, tiny things, very local things. And I, because I'm only five, two, because I'm Asian and normal weight, you know, and so to be a petite model that wants to make it anywhere big at that time of life, you had to be real thin. You had to just starve yourself. And I remember mm-hmm. them telling me, okay, you need to drop 15 pounds. And at the time I was 103 pounds, you know, they wanted me like 80 something pounds in order to even qualify. And so I went through this period of eating disorders. And, and so, you know, hearing things like that and, and thinking that that's what I have to live up to in order to achieve what I would consider, you know, I considered a goal at that particular time was not healthy. It was mentally exhausting. And it was something that in hindsight, it took me a while, but I, it's like, I recognize this is not what beauty is about. Like real true beauty means you love yourself and you accept yourself and you embrace everything about yourself inside out, outside in. And you are on a journey. And if you want to love yourself and you're satisfied with yourself, but you're eager for improvement and you're eager for more, that's the best place to be. And so it doesn't mean just sit still and eat junk food all day. It means, you know, that, yeah, I'm, I love myself, but I'm on a journey of wellness and well-being and, and my mental health and my sanity and my love for self in every given moment is important along the way. And look what happened to you. It's like you go to this casting, you don't think that you have a chance, but there was something about you, the fact that you were so authentically you in how you showed up with your beautiful body, with all your curves, with your bright smile, with this energy that just exudes joy. And I imagine that that probably showed through all of the insecurities of those other people that were probably there wishing and hoping that they looked or or felt like somebody else. And and I can imagine that that's why the world is starting to change. Like a lot of companies and brands are starting to, to recognize this is worth celebrating, right? 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what you're up to now. What does a day in the life of Danny Cantre look like? Oh my gosh. Right now I'm, I started personal training. So that's what I've been really like focused on. And I also work besides modeling. I work at a gym. So I work with kids at the gym, which is fun. But yeah, like I'll usually just do my casting videos, just stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Life. Fantastic. So tell me what it's like to personal train. I mean, I have been trained before and (laughs) I get into beast mode because I want to try to impress. (laughs) Yeah. um, At first it was really hard. I like, I felt a lot of anxiety going to the gym, even though I work there, I work at that gym, but my trainer, I, I just recently switched trainers, but the trainer I had previously, she was very much into um, like holistic, like functional training. That was her thing, which I really liked. That was different from all the other trainers. She wasn't trying to promote supplements or anything like that. She was very much like, she would talk about like child trauma. Like she was like, she was a very interesting trainer, but she helped me a lot, like very patient with me and help build up my confidence. And she left that gym. But now since I'm with my new one, he's really cool. And at this point, I just feel comfortable. He just helps me with my form. And I just feel good at the end of the training session. That's what I want to do. I just want to feel good. (laughs) Did you have any particular role models of your own growing up? Or do you have any now? Role models right now would be some of the models that I follow on Instagram like within my agency and like within other agencies, I just love seeing them post, you know, just being happy and like living their best life and, you know, just not being ashamed of themselves. I really love that. What brings you joy? What do you love doing? My guilty pleasure right now is acai bowls. (laughs) Every time (laughs) my toxic trait is after exercising, after every training session, I feel the need to get an acai bowl every time. (laughs) <laughs> that's like my guilty pleasure yeah, that's your healthy treat that's not a guilty pleasure yeah. healthy treat. <laughs> but my passion right now I'm still I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out but overall like my passion is alopecia advocacy and honestly just normalizing alopecia in the media and I honestly encourage girls to show off their alopecia if other girls want to become models like that's fine. Like there's room for all of us. Like I want to see more girls in commercials and ads that have alopecia. I just want to mm. see it everywhere. Mm, amazing. Did you have, do you have siblings, brothers? Or no, brothers? I'm an only child. You're an only child. Yeah. And was, was there a history of alopecia in the family from generations past? I think my mom had mentioned that my dad may have had it when he was younger but his hair grew back. And now I think he just like chooses to be bald. He just shaves it, but I'm not too sure about that. Oh, for the most part, I'm like the only one in my family. It's amusing because I remember a long time ago, I used to date only bald guys. (laughs) (laughs) We can go on about my dating life, but, but I remember like, and it it didn't even dawn on me. It was just like something that I I gravitated to for whatever reason. And so one of my girlfriends, she was actually a colleague of mine at work. And one of the dudes actually came to pick me up and go to lunch. And when I came back, she goes, you like them bald. And I was like, I do. Oh, I do. (laughs) Hey, I think with like bald people, I feel like you're able to appreciate someone's features if they don't have hair. You could see everything. So maybe that's what it was. Yeah, there was there was something about it. I don't know if it was just like an irreverence or something that was a little, I don't know. I just found it sexy. (laughs) (laughs) My aunt has said that before. So I just (laughs) 
sleek and sexy. I would love to, you know, the recent situation with Will Smith, mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett Smith. I was just curious about what your take was on that and any positives that you could take away from what had occurred. So with that event, I wasn't watching it live. I had seen my mom sent the link to our family group chat and was like, oh my God, look what happened. And as soon as I heard the joke from him, I cringed. And then the camera goes to her reaction and she was kind of like, you could tell she was just like annoyed by that. And I'm not team Will, team Chris. I'm in this situation, I'm team Jada. And it's because I can relate to it completely. Even though I'm at a point where I'm, I'm fine with my alopecia, I accept it. That comment, and it and that comment wouldn't bother me now, but mm-hmm. looking back at how, like my journey that I went through, that comment would have probably made me cry, to be honest with you. So I could see it in her face. Like I felt it. There was a, I felt like a nauseous feeling and I had actually posted on my Instagram because I have a lot of alopecians that follow me. Hey, did anyone else feel like sick to their stomach? when they saw the video and so many majority said yes. And it was, the comment was just unnecessary. And I just feel like when it comes to jokes, unless he had spoken to her before the event saying, Hey, I'm going to say this joke or, you know, something like that, give her a heads up, ask her for permission. It shouldn't have been said. I don't think someone's medical condition should be brought up Mm. as a joke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think if, you know, the silver lining could be said about it, it's, it has brought so much awareness and the, and the realization of the wrongness of what has been done. And I think that it will help to inform a lot of comedians and a lot of individuals in the future who may think that it's just a casual, you know, flippant statement that should be taken lightly, but depending on where that person is in your journey to your point. And granted, it's very difficult to, to know how, how confident people are in their journey. Perhaps Chris thought that Jada was at the place, for example, where you are in your journey, because she's been so open about her advocacy and about her own story. But even that said, it's interesting to shine a light on the fact that, yeah, it's a medical condition. It really helps to define a line and start that conversation and continue the conversation to inform behaviors and statements in the future. Yeah. Hopefully that's the good side of it, right? Yeah, everyone has their own boundaries. And I, I saw a lot of comments saying it's just a joke. Like, wow, she can't take a joke or, and I just, I don't know. I just don't agree with that. <laughs> I just don't think that type of stuff should be joked about whatsoever, unless the person is okay with it. For example, I, I send memes to my friends that are like bald jokes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and people will send me bald memes and I think they're funny. Like I'm at that place, but yeah. back I was not at that place and it would have really bothered me. It would have broken me, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a really valuable takeaway. If we can appreciate other people and and understand and listen, you know, I'm here for you rather than poking, unless you allow it yourself. You're like, okay, I'm going to send this meme because I think it's hilarious. And then that other person recognizes, yep. you know, you're, you're in the same mm-hmm. place. Then, okay, you're vibing the same. Then it, then it becomes all right. Interesting. So I learned a new word today, alopecia. It sounds like a fascinating word. I want to join this club. <laughs> species, like kind of like the Avatar movies. Like I know, exactly. Movies. It feels like, you know, it's like this exotic alien species. I want to like, you know, ooh, this is mystical. I love that word. It's so cool. When you're part of a community, tell me what it's like. How has it continued and furthered your advocacy? I love it. I love the alopecia community. 
I love being able to talk to them. And anytime I've hung out with some, it's just crazy how our stories align. Like we all experience different upbringings, live in different cities, different states. But at the end of the day, we pretty much experience, have like a universal experience with alopecia. So that's very comforting. And I I just love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just nice being able to keep in touch with the different people. And I discovered that community when I was 14, 15 years old. I just looked up the hashtag alopecia, alopecia girl, alopecia model, you know, just trying to find that Mm -hmm. community. And I found it. And I've met with an alopecia who was from Sweden and she came to California to hang out, to visit for vacation. And I hung out with her one of the days, one from Australia, you know, like, it's just crazy how we're like able to connect. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Just everybody can connect no matter who you are, what territory you're from. It's so exciting. Yeah. Really makes the world a lot smaller and and friendlier. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it's like when you went on your first modeling job. It was exciting. I didn't really know what to expect. I had shown up like super early. I think I showed up like maybe like 30 or 40 minutes early. So I was just sitting there for a while. And it was just interesting. Like the stylists, they have to like lint brush you and then they'll like steam you really quick. And they're constantly like grabbing you. Like I wasn't, I wasn't used to that. And like, same thing with like the makeup artist. It was just a really cool experience. Remember who it was for? It was for DSW, shoe company. Oh, shoes. Yeah. So it was fun. And then the photos that they used, that was used for their like online email ads that they send out. So my coworkers from the job I had at the time, I worked in an office. They had shown me they're like, this just popped up in my emails. Like, is this you? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was like, oh, yeah. That's always exciting. Now, also, you were talking about being a curvy girl and, you know, also embracing that aspect of your of your embodiment. Has it been positive as far as like going to castings and doing work and, you know, feeling that you're okay with showing off your curves, showing off your skin? Yeah, it's honestly, I know that's not the case for everyone, but so far in my modeling journey, I've only experienced like positivity when it comes to like my body, for the most part, the clothes always fit me. I think I've only encountered a couple of times where the clothes will, you know, fit a little off, but usually if it's too big, they'll pin you. And if it's too small, they'll just give you something else. So it's it's never really been a big deal, but yeah, it's just been, it's been really fun. (laughs) It definitely seems like a turning point when you were able to come to the realization that this is me and I love me, You, you know, do you have any positivity type exercises that you practice every day? I've been trying to get into the habit of journaling, writing down, you know, like, I guess like affirmations, but anytime I lately, what I've been trying to do, if I feel like anxious or nervous about something, I just have to tell myself, like, you're a bad bitch. You're a bad bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I literally have to like, tell myself like, you're awesome. Like, even if I don't feel it at that moment, I just have to like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like hype myself up on the inside. Otherwise I'll be really sad, you know, and down and feel like I can't do it. I can't go about my day. So sometimes I have to do that. I have to tell myself like, you can do this. You got this. You're amazing. So that's about it. But I I would ideally like to get into the habit of like, you know, consistently journaling or even like meditating. So many people have told me I should start meditating and I just, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been able to get into it. It's definitely something that is a practice, you know, just like anything in life. It's like, you know, it's easy to just sit there and let your mind wander. And then you have to (laughs) recognize, oh my goodness. I'm not meditating. (laughs) 
thinking about what I'm going to make for dinner tonight or something like that. And, and so, yeah, coming back is, it definitely takes, it takes practice. It takes time. I vouch for it as well. I think it's an extremely useful practice mm-hmm. to get into, to really dive even further into knowing who you are and to be able to yeah. have more control of things during the day. Mm-hmm. How about music? Do you have like a playlist that you have some favorite artists or songs? Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been obsessed with the Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> Have you watched Hamilton? I went to see it when it came to LA. And mm-hmm. I have watched it on Disney Plus uh, as well. But yes, it brilliant. Brilliant. I'm obsessed with it. I think I listen to it like every day. <laughs> but besides that, when I'm not listening to that, I mean, in general, I love musicals. So I'll always be listening to Hairspray and Phantom and Waitress. Like I just love musicals. But usually I listen to like Queen, Bee Gees, Earth, Wind and Fire, ABBA. Like I like, like oh, older music. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hairspray is one of my all-time favorites. I think I have probably watched that one a hundred, at least a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. I just love music. <laughs> Amazing. You know, when it was, when you were talking about getting yourself motivated and saying, I'm a bad bitch, like sometimes if I'm going out for my morning run, I have to think about the Eminem song, lose yourself or something like that. That's like, yeah, I can do this. I can beat my time. Yeah, (laughs) Get yourself pumped up. Well, Danny, thank you so much for spending time with us today. You are a role model and I am so excited to see you continue your journey. Thank you so much for having me. And I invite everyone to take a look at Danny on Instagram. Her handle is Alopecia. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you.